got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth, Florida Football Podcast. I'm Daniel, and on this episode, we're going to talk about the Gators' thrilling 41-39 victory on the road at Williams-Brice Stadium in South Carolina this past Saturday. For those of you that did not see, this is one of the greatest endings, I would say, in UF football history. We've seen in the last 10 years a lot of games decided Late for the Gators, whether it's fourth and 14, the heave to cleave. And now, of course, we're going to need a name for this one. Sean Kelly on the call, you know, called out Pearsall's got a touchdown and a lot of comparisons, including the Florida Gators. Anywhere they have social media have put out its comparisons with Doring's got a touchdown, which, of course, was 30 years ago. With that said, let's go ahead. Let's take a look. This was a fun game to be at, probably a fun game to watch on TV, or at least at the end, it was a load of fun. Lots of back and forth, getting behind by 10, Gators coming back, getting the win, and of course, had that four-point margin before taking a safety to help run out the clock. Let's go ahead and look at the storylines that I had coming into the game. And of course, the first one was the Gators away struggles and how they're one and seven away from home under Billy Napier. And of course, now they are two and seven and it's always better to be two and seven than one and eight. It is great to see that away victory. Hope to see more, but it was great to see the Gators come after it and get the W on the road, putting up 41 points, which is something that we've not really done much on the road for quite a while. And also talked about how both teams are desperate. And this was a dogfight. It went, you know, back and forth. One team had the lead, then the other. And it really came down to who could make the stops when they needed. And of course the Gators did. Both teams desperate for multiple reasons. And, of course, that will lead into some of our other storylines, which, of course, Florida had injuries. Kingsley Eglikin was not playing. Andy Jean did not play. Caleb Douglas did not play. Odom did not play. Those are four key guys on this offense. Three who, early on in the season, very key to our passing attack. So, What we did in our passing attack was tremendous considering we had two guys who were big components of the first part of the season out and a guy like Odom who, I'll say this, Boardingham has been a great step up. Well, probably a step up, but a great substitute in for him while he's injured. And you take them out and we still did really well in the passing department. Of course, we'll address that later on. And I did say for a different reason, this was a must win for Billy Napier. Of course that had to do with the away game issues and the poor record away from the swamp. And then also for the bowl eligibility race. And trust me, nothing looks easy in the back half of the season. I know technically we're a little past that with seven games, but if you listen to our preview episodes, I talked about let's split it by the bye week since we kind of have two cupcakes in that first part of the season in 
Charlotte and McNeese State. So really a good judgment is about that seven game mark. And for bowl eligibility, we're five and two. That's a great record to have at this point. However, we need to continue to win and continue to build off this performance. But again, must win to help with that those away issues and the bowl eligibility. We're now Florida's looking like this should be a pretty good chance to get bowl eligible, if not better, where South Carolina now is struggling to figure where they're going to get their four more wins. They do have Vanderbilt and Jacksonville State coming up. However, after that, we're talking, will they beat AM or will they beat Missouri or some of these other teams they have left? The good news is, at least on their side, they've gotten past some of the more difficult teams like Tennessee, like Georgia on their schedule. But again, desperate times. We came out on top. That is always awesome. So let's get into how our offense performed. And it was a great offensive performance. Coming to the game, I said, hey, South Carolina is allowing 443 yards per game. They're 118th defense in the nation. They were not good, but we need to take advantage of that, which is something that we haven't necessarily done of some bad defenses over the past few years, and we definitely did. We put up 494 yards, and... To be honest, that includes 31 yards lost on our last possession where we ended up running backwards and ending up taking the safety to kill some time. So when Carolina got the ball back, they would only have a few seconds. And so very brilliant. We went over what they had been allowing. I thought maybe maybe their defense is better than what it looked because they had faced, you know, the eighth, ninth, 22nd best defense and their pass defense being 126 in the nation. It is now, after our performance against them, the 130th in the nation, according to NCAA. It's not showing many teams past 130, so I'm very curious about that. But we did drop them down with such a great performance. I said to pass to open up the run. Our run game did pretty decent, but our passing game did open up a lot. And it was great to see us throwing the ball downfield more. I'm not just talking about deep passes. As we talked about downfield could also mean intermediate passes. We saw guys sitting in zones and catch, you know, whether it was Hanson, whether it was Boardingham, and catch balls on third and long and getting first downs. And then other things like that. We got playmakers in space. There was a few times Eugene Wilson catches the ball and he ends up making a few moves, getting some yards. I believe it was on third down. We ended up not getting a first down, but catches the ball, cuts back horizontally, gains quite a few yards to set us up for a better chance at a field goal, or at least a shorter chance, I should say. And, of course, I said the favorable matchup for UF was the receivers against Carolina DBs. It does appear like that ended up being the case. Why? Well, because Graham Ertz was 30 of 48, 423 yards, and threw three TDs. This may not be his highest completion percentage rate at, at UF, but it was probably his best game. And we've talked in the past before about how low his, you know, past nine yards attempts were compared to, you know, nine yards or less, or even quite a bunch around 30% of his passes being behind the line of scrimmage for this game, nine yards and through beyond the line of scrimmage. 
he had roughly 50%, maybe a little bit more, but that's considerably down from what he was doing. And it showed in this performance, it showed in the way we we're able to move the ball through the air, the way we we're able to pick up some yards after the catch. And, you know, Ricky Pearsall, 10 catches, 166 yards, one touchdown. And that one touchdown was the big 21 yarder to win the game with 47 seconds left. What a great moment to be a part of going nuts in the stands. And especially because for a while there, it was like, Hey, we're down by 10 with less than five minutes left. Reminded me a lot of the fourth and 14 game, the 2015 Tennessee game for those not familiar with fourth and 14. Sure. We didn't have quite the big play as that fourth and 14 play to Callaway but this was just as important, just as big. It just wasn't maybe as explosive or flashy, but in its own right, it was explosive and flashy. It just didn't go for, you know, 50, 60 yards. But that said, the running game was also pretty good. Johnson, 4.5 yards per carry. That includes a five-yard loss, you know, on the play before our game-winning touchdown. And then ETN, 5.54 yards per carry. Both guys doing well. Wilson, six catches, 83 yards. Bordeham, five catches for 55 yards and one touchdown. He had that one touchdown impressive. Tips the ball to himself, gets it to pull us within three. And then, of course, earlier on that drive, fourth and 11, catches the ball at the line of scrimmage, makes the guy miss, goes 11 yards, gets the first down. If he doesn't get that first down, we lose this game by multiple scores because at that point, we're down 10. Chances are Carolina runs out the clock or almost runs out the clock, maybe even scores again because we are on South Carolina's side of the field. And I believe the play of the game was that play. Not necessarily just boarding him, making one guy miss, but I really think it was Etienne's block downfield to get him to the first down marker. If Etienne misses that block, you know, whiffs, whatever. We don't get that first down and all that stuff happens, but he gets a good block and boarding him is able to get that on fourth and 10. So great job there. And again, without this play, we don't get the 21 yard touchdown to win the game with 40 second, 47 seconds left. We don't get a lot of things. So great play there. Definitely, in my opinion, the play of the game. Some stuff I said that were key going into the game for the defense. We're stopping the pass because Carolina is the first of four top four passing teams that we will see down the stretch. And they averaged 312.2 yards per game at 14th. We're going to see better ones in Mizzou, better ones in LSU and in Georgia. I also said we need to have some solid tackling, and I believe our front seven would be a good matchup for Carolina's offensive line and running backs. As far as stopping the pass, we allowed 313 passing yards, which is about the average amount that the Gamecocks were getting. And then for solid tackling, unfortunately, we missed 11 tackles. We allowed Carolina to have 152 yards rushing, which is about double what they're averaging for the season. 
And I talked about how a little bit of that coming in was a misnomer as they were probably passing because they were behind against Georgia. So they were passing more. They were behind against Tennessee. So they were passing more and not getting as many rushing yards. But we did allow big chunk runs early and quite often early on, including on their second drive where it was just run, run, run. Or maybe that was the first drive and they're able to get a lot on the ground. One thing I will say for this defense is that this defense is significantly younger overall than our offense. We are playing a lot of true freshmen. I've listed them before, whether it's our safeties, Castell and Thornton, or we're talking about Kelly Collins or Cameron James, TJ Searcy, all sorts of guys. They're getting valuable reps, which will make this team better going forward. But with that said, we did get key stops when needed. We did get a stop, you know, at the end of the first half. They had the ball. We get a stop, get it back. Offense actually showed showed urgency, which is something I didn't shout out earlier talking about the offense. We saw a hurry up. We saw urgency on drives that we have not necessarily seen or good time management. So that is another improvement that we saw there. But with these guys' key stops, it gave us a chance to win this game. But like at the end of the first half, we get what ended up being a crucial three points because they got a stop. When we were down by 10, we cut the game you know, to three points. What did we do? We got a big stop. And then when Carolina got the ball, 45, 47 seconds left, three timeouts, Plenty of time for them to move based on how their offense have done all day. They, you know, mess up, you know, allow some plays, but then what do they do? Get an interception to basically seal the game. And then on special teams, Aaron Gates, another true freshman, stops the very first lateral. Got to give them a shout out. Again, this defense did not have its best game against this passing offense. I think this bye week has come at a perfect time, so maybe we can adjust for some of the better offenses we will face. But this is when we talk about young, this defense is really young, and it's well worth saying that because there are so many true freshmen playing and so many redshirt freshmen or even true sophomores like Shamar James. But they did stop Carolina when needed, and that is big. And I've got to say this, Miguel Mitchell has taken a lot of flack, but he did come up with that big interception. And actually, according to Pro Football Focus, this kind of you know made it stand out to me. I didn't expect to see this, but he was our top-rated defensive player for the game. Um, he has gotten flack, but dude may be coming along. I liked him last year. Hasn't been the best this year, but made a big play. And maybe this is the start of him continuing to build as well. He's only a true sophomore. So again, things you like to see going forward. So we did a truth be told in the preview episode about this could be the turning point of the season, where if we win, it could be a turning point to launch us into greatness. And if we lost, it may be an opportunity for good, bad, possibly for the season to spiral. Well, we won. And with that win, here's what I can say. There's a lot of good that came out of this game, and there's a lot of opportunity. We talked about after Tennessee, 
you've got opportunity ahead of you. Seize it. Well, with Kentucky's loss to Mizzou on Saturday night, which I got to pay attention to while driving back home from the Carolina game, which was a nice six-hour drive. Hey, Kentucky loses to Mizzou. Guess who controls their destiny in the East and as the Gators? Now, I'm not here to say that we're going to win the East or that, you know, we may not finish better than seven and five. Again, seven and five is what I'm hoping for this season. But with that said, it's in front of us. We do control our destiny. And news breaking today that Brock Bowers will not be playing for Georgia and Jacksonville. They're still a very talented team. It's still a game that we probably will lose. However, or at least on paper. However, probability went down. And this team gets a big win, gets some momentum heading into a bye week with things to work on with, you know, Hey, we, you know, also an attitude of we can do this. And so who knows what could happen, but this really could be a positive turning point for this team. And I do think that's worth mentioning. And that is our post South Carolina truth be told. And let's go and give our friends at Alvarez Lawn Company a shout out. If you're in the Central Florida area and you need someone to do a lawn project for you or you need weekly, monthly lawn maintenance, please give my friends at Alvarez Lawn Company a call or even text them for a free quote at 407-490-2617. Once again, that number is 407-490-2617. Alvarez Lawn Company, building plans that work for you. Also, feel free to come in and enjoy the discussion happening over at GatorChatter.com. is your Florida Gator Sports Bar. I write up previews. I write up reviews there as well in addition to this podcast. Be there. Join the discussion. Lots of fun, whether your thing is optimism, whether your thing is cautious optimism, or heck, even if you're pessimistic in listening to this podcast. All sorts of people there for you. Lots of fun to talk Gator football and even have some friendly debate on things. Give our friends at GatorChatter.com a shout out. Once again, GatorChatter.com, your Florida Gator sports bar. And with that said, everyone, I do want to thank anyone who has interacted with us on X or on YouTube, downloads our podcast. Please share our podcast with others. I was very thrilled to look and see a video I took of Coach Austin Armstrong or Coach Ham, as some people call him. Shout out Gator Nation football podcast. I got a just small clip of him greeting all the defensive players as they exited their team bus on Saturday. Between the views on X, the views on YouTube, it had over 10,000 views. That just floors me. Thank you to anyone who gave it a like, shared that post and help boost it if we could i do have a goal for youtube and that's by the end of the season to get up to a hundred subscribers so if you have a chance share it with a friend say hey check this out subscribe even if you're like "Eh, i only listen once in a while maybe he'll have a good take now and again or if you want to just hate watch and say i disagree with everything that guy says that's cool too whatever it is I just want to say thank you all for listening, and as always, Go Gators.